rested. They're back at work. And what does Jesus say when they say, the day's over? He says, feed them all. Give them something to eat. Now they've got to be cooks. Not just disciples, but now they've got to be cooks, bottle washers. This is not what these men signed on for. You need to remember that Jesus was, it doesn't get named in Scripture much, but there was always a crowd of women following Jesus and the disciples. And guess who did the cooking? That would have been those women. The Martha Mary thing doesn't come as any big surprise, right? Because Martha was used to always having to clean up after those men. But Jesus doesn't turn to the women. He turns to those 12 men and says, feed them all. And then some kind of miracle happens. Now, this is one of the most debated miracles in academic circles, right? Um, you get around Jesus seminar people or, or academics, and they love to debate. Were there really only five loaves and two fish? Yeah. Does this mean everybody just got a little tiny bit and pretended like they were satisfied? Actually, there probably were secret picnic things. It was a potluck dinner, and the scripture decided not to tell us that, right? I mean, these are, these are, these are our predecessors, right? They must always bring a covered dish. But all of that debating usually ends up with this one, right? Everybody gave whatever they had, and it was enough. So much that there were 12 baskets left over. That's still kind of academic. And it kind of misses the point that I want to focus on today. So let's not deconstruct the miracle. We can do that in Bible study on Thursday night or something. But let's look at what's going on here. Jesus has gone away to a deserted place. Presumably the disciples have gone with him for a rest. It's been a tough time. They're hearing some bad news, okay? They know the authorities are coming in, bad things are coming down the pike. They are no longer the heroes of the Jewish or the Roman people. And this is pretty scary for them. And so they go away for a rest, and before they can even get a rest, the crowd finds them. Has this ever happened to you? So BJ tells me, uh, BJ and Michael complain anytime we go, they go anywhere with me that I have a tattoo that says, tell me your life story. And so we'll be out for lunch, and I start a long pastoral conversation with my, my server. And BJ's like, are you kidding? I just wanted a lunch break. So we're on the airplane going to Oregon last week, two weeks ago, and whenever it was. We were on a plane. And BJ's across the aisle from Michael and me, and I realize he got my tattoo. There's a woman next to him that will not stop telling him her life story and asking for his advice. And he's just thinking, ah, oh, I just needed a vacation. <laughs> and he told me he got on Amtrak on Friday to head up to the Puget Sound for a sailing trip. And he said, it's official. I have, t what is it, T-M-Y-L-F. I have T-M-Y-L-F on my forehead. I said, no way, on the train. He said, on the train, you know, which is practically empty. I still got somebody who's decided to sit down next to me and tell me their life story. This is what happened to Jesus. No matter where Jesus went to get away from the crowds, the crowds followed him. And so he and the disciples have come back from this Sabbath rest that wasn't much of a rest. You know they're still tired. You know Jesus is probably not at his best. Remember, he was fully human. And yet... What he was able to give was enough. He was still able to cure the sick. He was still able to teach and preach and to share his compassion with the crowds. And even though he was tired, it was enough. 
So when evening comes, it doesn't surprise me that Jesus would say to the disciples, give them something to eat. Feed them all. Share your food with this crowd. It will be enough. And the disciples, bless their hearts, doubting Thomas's and Peter's that they were, they said, okay, whatever you say, boss. You know, we've only got, you know, a couple fish here and five loaves. He was like, feed them all. And it was enough. Think about the blessings those children gave us this morning. Pull out your little sheet. Was it enough? Tammy, I know you wanted to read yours. I heard you saying that. Tell, tell us about yours, Tammy. Blessings of generosity. Blessings of generosity. Was that a blessing enough for you? Yes. Others, what was the blessing you got? Tell me about your blessings. Who wants to tell? Blessing of forgiveness. Grandchildren. Yes. I understand. Forgiving grandchildren is not always easy. <laughs> And that blessing was enough. Yeah. What else? Who else got a blessing today? Blessing of a blessing of success. Is that blessing enough? Yeah. Yeah. Who else? What blessing is you? And blessing of deep connection to God. Blessing of deep connection to God. Surely that is blessing enough. Blessing of decisiveness. Blessing of decisiveness. Go Mary. <laughs> is that just the blessing you need? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Susan. Blessing of determination. Blessing of determination. And is that blessing enough? It is enough. Five loaves, two fish, a blessing of determination, a blessing of forgiveness, a blessing of success, a blessing of deep connection to God, a blessing of decisiveness. It is enough when we share whatever we have. Now, those blessings from the children were just gifts. Nothing expected in return, no rules. The children blessed us. In our culture, where children are so often sidelined because they don't seem to have as much to give as adults, they need so much from us. And yet those blessings they gave us were just what we needed. Similarly, elders in our culture are often sidelined. Because they don't seem to have as much to give as adults who are in their prime earning years or have energetic bodies. And yet, Anne, when you send a card or you give a gift to our confirmands or to our children or to a new member, it is always enough. When Arleth is here and lifts up her prayer of gratitude, is it always the most magical moment of the prayer? It is enough. 
Oddly enough, a lot of times when people don't give their time or their talent or their money to others, it's because we're afraid that what we have to give is not enough. We doubt, like those disciples did, whether the loaves and the fish that we have in our basket are really enough to make a difference. Today's scripture reminds us that every gift makes a difference. Now, somebody, one of our kids is missing today that we're going to need on Communion Sunday, and that's Katie. Okay, so what does Katie do for us on Communion Sundays that is always enough? She collects the cups. Okay, so, so Chloe, I know that you're visiting us today, but in a little while, we're going to take Communion. And I'm wondering if you and a couple of your now new big brothers and sisters right behind you, two rows, can you guys help collect the Communion cups after we take Communion today? You got it covered? That would be great. And they're little cups that have juice in them that we take as a blessing from God. And then we, we, we come back here and we sit down, we drink our juice, and then we put the cups in here. And if you guys collect them, it saves us from having to do that on Monday morning. We collect them, and then they, we recycle them, and it's all good. You do that for us? And that gift will be enough. It will be enough. So... Who's been to camp already this summer? Yeah, you've been to camp this summer? So what was one of the best parts of camp this summer? You went ziplining. Ziplining. If the only thing you'd done all week at camp was ziplining, would it have been enough? Yeah, that was pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You guys can't go ziplining. No, we'll be too worried. No. <laughs> Only tell us after the fact. So, so, what's your favorite thing to do for Chris and Jen? You like to have a good time with them. When he has a good time with you, when you and be with, when he is just with you, giving you his love, is it enough? It's more than enough. It is. It's a blessing. It's abundance, isn't it? Yeah. These are the gifts that we give, and they are always enough. Always enough. Our loaves and fishes are always enough. And that's what the disciples doubted, and yet they trusted Jesus when he said, feed them all. So, you know, there are all these little cups up here, Chloe was asking me about, that have juice and wine in them, and the bread's been cut into little cubes, and there's gluten-free crackers, and it's all been prepared for us. Um, those of you who prepared the communion stuff today, go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. Is the gift that they prepared for us enough? It is enough. It is enough. And then we need people to serve communion. So I saw um, one of our deacons out twisting some arms today and asking someone, you know, would you serve communion? I'm not going to say who it was. I won't even stare at the person, but the person knows who I'm talking about. And the person was trying to say no. You know, I think you should ask another person. And I don't know why that person was saying no, but I have a feeling it had to do with thinking they didn't have enough of the right gift. They said things like, well, I haven't been trained. And, and, they realized, and then they finally said yes, because I said, you know, my whole sermon is about just giving whatever little bit you can, and it will be enough. And so the person said, okay, I'll say yes. But we do that. We doubt that what little bit we have to give is enough. Now, you know, Tammy comes up with these amazing images, and for the first year of our doing screens, she did everything, every single week, all by herself. I just have to ask you, Tammy, do you have a degree in graphic arts? No. 
computer-aided design, nothing like that. And yet what you give is enough. And Norm, who of course brings us this amazing music when Pam is on vacation, and Norm, uh, th there is a spirit that you bring to your music. Now, do you have a degree in sacred music? I have no degree in anything. No degree <laughs> in anything. And are Norm's gifts enough? Yeah. Yeah. It is enough. That is the gift of this passage. That when God asks us to give of ourselves, God isn't asking us to give any more than we already have. That's what Jesus was doing with those disciples on that long-ago Galilean evening, just asking them to give what they had and trusting that it would be enough. When we give what we have, it is always enough. Holy Communion is a celebration of that abundance. In that celebration, we discover that God's grace is enough to help us when we have trouble forgiving, to help us when we have trouble accepting forgiveness, to help us whenever we feel like we're not good enough. The gift of God's grace is enough to remind us that we are perfect in God's eyes. We are always welcome at God's table. We are needed and wanted at God's holy table. Our gifts are needed and wanted in God's holy world. We are enough. Our gifts are enough. Just as those simple gifts of bread and wine and juice are enough to remind us of the abundant love and grace that God gives to us time and time and time again. It is enough. And when we realize that the gift of love God gives to us is enough, then we will begin to realize that whatever gifts we have to give of ourselves, to God, to God's world, those gifts are enough. Gifts of amazing talent, or quiet service, gifts of huge checks, or a few coins in the offering plate, gifts of hours and hours, or just the few minutes that you can spare in your busy lives, gifts of a huge turkey dinner at Thanksgiving, or just a couple yams. All these gifts matter in creating the abundant world that God envisions for us that God yearns to give to us through our hands, through our hearts, through our time, through our talents. Together, the little bits and pieces that we have to give or the big chunks and the treasure chests that we share will all be gathered together as those loaves and fish were first gathered together and all will be fed and there will be abundance to spare. And that, as B.J. would say, is good news. Amen.